Welcome to Business Unplanned, a business podcast from BMO. I'm Michael Hyatt, and this is part three of a four-part series. In this episode, I'm joined by the awesome Ryan Holtz, owner of Ryan Holtz Marketing and host of the great Ryan Holtz Show. What you're about to hear is an audio from our virtual event called Preparing Your Business for the Future, held on July 14th, 2021. I'll be answering questions from Canadians from all across our country and talking about how you can properly plan your business from what's coming in the future. And remember, for additional resources, you can visit bmo.com slash smallbusinessresourcehub. Hello and welcome everyone to this very special live stream event, Preparing Your Business for the Future, presented by BMO. My name is John Davids and I'll be your moderator for this session. I want to welcome Ryan Holtz now. I want to uh, start off with a question for you about marketing, which is your forte. How can I drive more business for a local store, a, a local retailer? And what do you recommend for small businesses in general uh, for marketing affiliation and networking? I love this. First off, hello, Canada, and what a great panel to be on. You know what? Uh, we always say in business, BAU, you know, business as usual. Business is as unusual right now. And I broke COVID and the pandemic down into four words. It's stay humble, uh, keep hungry. Because I think that entrepreneurs do their best work when their backs are against the wall. And we are notorious for being weird kind of people and common. You know, we, we, we talk a lot with inner family and friends and we talk about what we do on a daily basis. And a lot of the time it's crickets or, or you get one of these, like, I don't, I don't get what you're doing. And I think marketing and branding, people get it confused. You know, they always say, hey, Ryan, what's the difference between branding and marketing? Branding wants the relationship. Marketing is leading to the transaction. And I think to answer your question, John, it's a great question. I think that business owners have to really understand they are in a great position now to be remarkable. You know, brand stands for be remarkable and not disappointing, meaning when you're doing business, you need to always lead all of your marketing and branding initiatives with one sentence. And I trust you, all the clients, every single person I work with, I always say, listen, you need to answer this one question. The question is this, what's in it for them? Business owners have to understand just as much as they're in love with their business or offering, they also have to be just as in love with the result it provides to the end consumer. And a lot of business owners, they talk about their service. And I like to say to people, nobody cares about your service. They only care about the result of your service. So to answer your question, John, it's very, very simple. Emotional intelligence is going to win for the next three to five years in a big, big way. People have been sitting at home. They're getting more educated. They're more knowledgeable. The consumer is starting to understand, maybe I want to do business with that company. Maybe I don't want to do. And they're also sitting back and seeing that, you know, as, <laughs> as, as we've been talking about, what companies are acting? What companies are promoting diversity? What companies are, you know, keeping an ear into social issues that are happening? And I always tell the consumers, I say, listen, when you're doing business with a company, ask them a simple question. Let me see your C-suite executives. Let me see your decision makers and decide the character and the fabric of that company. But I think on the flip side, when companies are trying to gain new consumers, they need to wrap the emotional intelligence of their consumer, meaning if I solve Michael's problem today with my service, which is the result, how can I do that? And why does Michael have the problem in the first place? And when we dial into our emotional intelligence, here's the one trick. And yeah, it can be time consuming, but content is the unlock. If we're not physically shaking hands anymore, networking, people are consistently on their mobile device, which is the billboard and mode control of your life. So we need to put out content that's not just talking about our service. That's literally using our emotional intelligence and wrapping 
it around the content and the result, meaning let's start speaking our customers' languages, let's start understanding their true problems, and let's start delivering content in a way that we are always answering the one question that only matters, what's in it for them? And every business owner out there right now, they're solving a problem. And uh, that is the, the surefire way to get a jump start. In terms of marketing affiliations, I think that really getting into your local communities, looking at who other business leaders are, other you know charities, organizations, other causes, startups, things like that, just becoming more than an entrepreneur, but a community activist, so to speak. And I think that entrepreneurs now in 2021, they have to start thinking like a media company because they got to understand, why is somebody going to click on my ad? Why is somebody going to see that piece of content and, and take that action to, you know, fill out the form and come into my funnel or whatever you're trying to get them to do. So again, be remarkable and not disappointing. That was very inspiring and great points there. You know, you talked about content marketing, which was already big before the pandemic, obviously. And, and you're, you're right. It's sort of in this world where we're not shaking hands as much. We're not seeing each other. Content is really the touch point to other to other people. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Let, let's bring Michael uh, back on this question, Michael, before we, we, we go on to the next one. Anything else? I mean, you're exposed to so many businesses. How are small and local businesses reaching customers and building today? Yeah. So I think that um, if you didn't have a very aggressive digital strategy before, I think you had to build one. And that, that could be a very expensive way to do it. I think that um, that you really, really need to rethink everything on the idea of CAC, which is, you know, customer acquisition cost. And what does it really cost you to reach someone, retain someone and keep them? And I think that, um, you know, it's interesting how expensive probably Facebook, well, Facebook is Instagram and Google and all of them have gotten today. Um, I think that early stage companies could actually partner with um, an outsourced marketing firm to actually gain the speed um, to acclimate to where they want to go. There's a couple of very good small ones that they can use to actually do this if you're not an expert at it. So we're seeing um, so many people start a business, bring a product in from, say, China or overseas and putting it directly to the consumer now. And I think that there's no better time now to, um, to scale uh, this type of marketing effect. And also, um, what I would also tell you that I think what's also harder I, I think the level, and I'd love to see what Ryan and the team think about this, but I think the level of customer service now is is at another level higher. I think mm. you have to step up. When I when I work with brands and I buy things and I've bought things in this pandemic, I buy a lot of jogging pants because, well, I live in them now, right? That's all we do. And I put on jeans this year. It was just bizarre. What are these things? <laughs> but it's, I like every flavor of jogging pant now. I, every time I get an Instagram with a jogging pant, I just buy it to see if I like it. Um, and... But it's amazing how many of those, like some of them, it's very, very hard to reach customer service, right? And, and, and you think, well, that's not a marketing thing, but it is because I'm not going to tell anybody about it. I'm not going to buy another pair. And they've lost me. Many brands have lost me. A few of them have kept me. So I think you really have to step it up now and really communicate with your clients more than you ever have uh, to build a, a marketing front. I think there's, people expect so much more. And, and by the way, people want their stuff tomorrow, Right. That one small thing that tells me when it's coming, because I can buy something cheaper or something from another site. I think it's coming in 10 days, but I don't know. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. And I, I just to add on to that, you know, I think what, what, what both of you are saying in a way is you look at other companies and what they're doing, successful companies. And a lot of it is you can just borrow and steal those tactics because if they work, totally. if someone else has invested to learn something, why not just take it for yourself? That's right. 
You're listening to Business Unplanned, a business podcast series from BMO. Make sure you subscribe for more conversations, learning and insights, or visit our business hub at bmo.com forward slash small business resource hub. There you'll find helpful articles and videos for any stage of business, whether you're starting out, expanding, or looking for advice. I recommend the latest content series on crisis planning, which in this current age is more relevant than ever. There's an expansive e-guide that you can download absolutely free with chapters about cash flow crisis or even applying for government grants. And there's four companion workbooks to help you get started. So if you want to see your business one step ahead, visit bmo.com forward slash small business resource hub. Okay, let's move on to the next question. Um, And Ryan or Michael, uh, either of you can take this to start off with. How does one build or rebuild a business post-pandemic, especially if you already had a business, maybe it was impacted, uh, a retailer or physical uh, place, a restaurant. How do you get that momentum back post-pandemic? I think, again, it goes back to the stay humble, keep hungry. I think great business owners from what I've seen, and we've had clients that have, you know, their revenues have dropped half. And then we've also had clients that increased in sales and we've seen that too. And that's just uh, a token to the entrepreneur, the business owner, understanding that, hey, just because we got, you know, put out of the game doesn't mean we're not still in the game. And I think that business owners have been using this time to do an audit, to go into their digital stuff, to figure out what am I paying for? What am I getting? What, how is this answering the question of what's in it for the customer? And I think things like little touch points that Michael's referring to about, you know, I like to see when, when those joggers are coming and I like to know, oh my gosh, it's out for delivery and it was just picked up. And it's, it's, right. it's the same, we call it mental ownership, but it's digital mental ownership. You know, I put the emoji up here because in your mind right away, it's, it's <laughs> remarkable. It's something different. It's, it's, it's an attachment in your subconscious that's coming in. And I think that with text programs now that you can text your customers, you know, I have a, a, a client, for instance, you know, they've spent the whole pandemic texting out birthday lattes, meaning they shipped out a little gift card via text said, hey, coffee's on us today. Just maintaining that relationship, but then understanding how you can deploy those same digital tactics to try to keep it going, but then also build back up. And again, back to Michael's point, and I do agree with it, customers now, the level of, you know, kind of, kind of the level of customer service they're expecting, it's went through the roof now. And I think we have to meet them there. Anything to add, Michael, on, on kind of keeping that momentum going? You, you, you've already given some, some uh, good examples already. Yeah, Ryan's right. And I think, you know, I remember meeting the, uh, John Chambers, the CEO of Cisco. Uh, he was a great one there for a long time. And he says to us, he says, you know, companies don't fail on their own. Um, they start to fail. And then, uh, and then what happens is that competitors jump onto the failure, mm-hmm. right? So it's accelerated by your competitors. So when you see a company, you know, I would tell you something that people don't want to talk about. There's a bunch of companies that didn't make this pandemic. I'm going to say something controversial. Maybe they weren't going to make it anyways. Maybe they weren't. Maybe they weren't. Do you know what's amazing about Kitchen Nightmares? Do you ever get into a show like on this pandemic? I think, you know, Gordon Ramsay comes in and goes, my God, this thing isn't cooked. You know, he comes in and screams. Have you ever seen Kitchen Nightmares? He goes to it. Okay, this is so instructive. He goes, the best chef in the world turns up to this kind of crappy restaurant. Same thing, playbook every time. This, the food sucks. The decor is terrible. He comes in, screams at everybody, swears a lot, changes the menu, brings out great food, changes the decor, changes the tables, and it's actually a good restaurant. But here's the dirty secret to that show that doesn't come on that show. I went back and I decided to look at all the restaurants and the seasons. Where are they now? And almost all of them died within like six months or so of the show leaving. And why is that? 
because the same crappy entrepreneurs are running it and they just take it back down the tube. Here's another example. Do you know Blockbuster started to, to move their entire business to send you online video before Netflix? They then hired a new CEO and said, what is this crap? People love going to the store and picking a video. Cut that off and took them backwards to the videos. That's why Netflix is around because the, 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 the gorilla decides, ah, people love eating the salty popcorn and coming to you know, this place, right? Some companies shouldn't have to make it. And, and, you know, you got to understand something. The way my analogy I use, and Ryan's got some good ones, I, I just, I think you've gone through this kind of Star Trek wormhole. Like you just, you're on the other side of the galaxy. We actually moved, when we say we've moved 10 years, 10 years in retail, that is actually the number between what was offline to online. I've actually looked at the stats uh, of the math on these decks that were sent out. And they're actually... Um, statistics that show we move 10 years into the future in three months. And every month this goes on, every lockdown that stays another month, and every time we're trained to do this, the more normal it becomes, and we ain't going back. So, you know, I think that first off, are you the greatest entrepreneurs I know will get out of this? Can I just give you one last example? Can I just give you one more? Please. Can you imagine I'm an investor in a great Canadian company and I'm going to say right here, right now, that this company's going to make it and do well, but you must be thinking what I thought. There's a company in Toronto, a great tech company called Ritual. Well, Ritual woke up in March of the pandemic and literally 90% of its sales has stopped because there's nobody ritualing picking up anything in the path. In Hong <laughs> Kong, in London, in New York. I mean, literally this company in three weeks went to 90% off because there's no one at the office. The, the reason, this is where leaders are born. This is where greatness is born. When, when Ray, the CEO there, has the ability, and by the way, he's turning around the company really, really well. It's so easy to get all this applause, you know, as the company's getting big and all this stuff. Now is this time where the greatest entrepreneurs pivot their business and find the way out. And they are. But just imagine waking up and losing 90% of your revenue on a Tuesday, you know, <laughs> it's, it's an amazing thing. So I think the bad entrepreneurs would have, wouldn't have come out anyways, and, and probably the creative destruction of capitalism cleans them out, which should happen, and the great ones will pivot through this, like ritual. John, to add on to Michael's point, the pandemic, it just did something simple. It was a mandatory forced personal and professional audit, and everything got exposed. The end. A uh, question I want to ask here, uh, this came up a couple different ways. Um, what, where would you invest your time right now in terms of marketing uh, on, on social media? You know, there's TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. If you had to pick one and sort of think about it tactically, where would you put your time right now? Sure. Yeah. I tell everybody when it comes to social media and what platform to really choose, think about when you're cooking something, you got a, a colander and you're, 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 you got the broccoli, you're trying to shake all the water out, right? We call it a sieve. Well, if you take TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all these different platforms, they're all essentially tools. And you as a business owner have to understand, well, depending on my service or my offering and the result that it gives, who's, who, who's that for? Where's the audience at? And oftentimes business owners, they launch all of them up at the same time, which can be very, very daunting. But once they understand who they're talking to, then we can look at Instagram, we can look at TikTok, we look at Facebook. But as John said before, you know, the cost of advertising on the platforms has increased, but there's still platforms out there right now that the organic reach is 
is like almost everything. And we call that underpriced attention. When we're, when we're putting out advertising dollars, we're buying attention is what we're doing. So ones that I like right now for business owners, especially if you're a business owner, love LinkedIn. The organic reach is absolutely incredible. I myself will admit, Michael, I'm sure you can attest to this. About three to five years ago for me, LinkedIn, it seemed like a boring resume mm. for many people. And I was just not into it. But in the last few years, LinkedIn is personality. You're seeing people's families sometimes. You're seeing, you're seeing a lot more texture there. So LinkedIn is very good on the B2B side. But then you got something like TikTok where everybody says, Ryan, I don't know. My kids are on there. You're dancing in front of it. No, TikTok is great. The organic reach is awesome. And there's tons of educational, financial literacy, tons of information rolling on there. Instagram, listen, that's the shot, right? You're in front of the Rolls Royce. You know, you're trying to, we call it the flex, right? Even, even like Warren Buffett says, you know, we, we figured out who's swimming without a life jacket when the tide comes in, but we still yeah. want the flex. We got the Instagram, right? Do it for the gram. Twitter, Twitter's a lot of conversation happening. So again, to answer the question, I think that you got to sit back and look at social media, not as, oh my goodness, this is cool and I want to be on it, but look at it as a tool and think about it as a sieve. When I'm putting stuff in, content, what's coming out from it and does it serve my end audience or customer? I, I do want to, uh, just to wrap up here on this, on this portion, there are, uh, there's another question about content marketing and the idea of, of how you reach people, um, you know, sort of in this virtual world. What, what are your thoughts on content marketing and any kind of quick tips or strategies you'd give people to kind of get that off the ground? Uh, with content, the number one question we always get asked is this, Ryan, should I only post content about my business and services and not me about my family or personally? And it's such a big question because people say, do I need to keep the line? And people overthink their content strategies a lot. I always tell people, if you're having a, a stump on what should I put out today, think about every problem you've had, how you solved it, start there. And then if there's somebody attached to the solution, talk about how they solved your problem. But Michael brought up something very, very crucial earlier. He said, if I want to invest in a company, I need to like the person who's doing the company. Now, how can Michael like the person who's doing the company if all we know about the person is the company or the service they're offering? And I get that the context might be a little different, but here's where we see a lot of success. So yes, talk about your company, but figure out who Ryan is, figure out who John is, figure out who Michael is, you know, showcase who you are as a person, because it's one of the best branding plays you can ever do. People come for the, for the dinner and the giraffes, but sometimes they stay for this or the service. And you have to think about, it's a people first mentality. People don't just want to read an ad all the time. They want to connect with people. So I always say, if we're in business, I know it's B2C, B2B, we're in the H to H, which is human to human. I love that. that, that that's a great point to, to, to end on, uh, Ryan. It gave me chills there. Um, let's do some, some uh, closing remarks um, and then we'll, uh, we'll wrap up the session. Any uh, closing comments or thoughts you want to share? I like to be known as the hope dealer. And I think that with, with the pandemic, you know, and I like to address, I mean, people are really frustrated. You know, people got into a really bad place in business. Um, but I think there's something so noble about starting a business. And I always feel that the losses mean more than the wins in a lot of cases. And I think that people who have lost, quote unquote, on paper, I think this is the best time for your comeback. And your setback always sets up the comeback because entrepreneurs and business owners in general, it's something deep inside you. And, you know, if you, I've talked to many entrepreneurs 
And it's amazing how many aren't motivated by, I just want to make more money. They're motivated by what the result is doing for their end uh, consumer. So everybody's talking about help. And I think help is important. I do these little things. They're called eight minute brand jams. They're free. I do them on zoom. I do like a hundred a month. If anybody's listened and they want to just have them pick my brain for free for eight minutes, do it. I'm here to help you and I'm wishing you nothing but the best. And uh, it's going to be great. Thanks for listening to business unplanned, a business podcast from BMO. For more information on how you can prepare your business for the future, visit BMO.com slash small business resource hub.